What if everything you've seen, everything you've learned, everything taught you that the powers that be want to make you, your family, and your community, they want to make it disappear? What do you do? But today, my heart is swelling because we're going on a journey following one woman who decides to take responsibility for counting everyone she holds dear. A very special stamp judgment. Years in the making, we proudly present the Census Powwow. And understand, because this is real life, the story includes descriptions of genocide and historical trauma. Sensitive listeners, please be advised. Our story begins in a conference room, early 2020, at a tribal government building in North Dakota. Writer Julian Brave Noisecat takes us there. Snap judgment. Cheyenne Brady stood before the Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nation Tribal Council, the leaders of her people who had, in generations past, led the warriors, signed the treaties, and posed for those stoic photos. Those guys. They meet in the tribal building on the opposite side of the Four Bears Casino parking lot. It's, um, it's not the biggest room in the world. They sit on the north side, and they're kind of just all in a little row, like a little horseshoe almost. And then there's a little tiny table up at the front. At the table, there's a mic. Yeah, and I'm like like getting warm just thinking about how I was in that moment. Like the council's a big deal. It's like going in front of, I don't know, the Senate or, you know, whoever you're going in front of and you like don't, don't want your voice to shake. You don't want to be nervous. She was asking for money, a lot of it, $50,000 to count people. I thought that was way too much. You know, I'm like, dang, you guys, like, we're really pushing it right here. Cheyenne didn't know anything about the U.S. Census until a few days ago when she got the assignment. Nobody was reaching out to take on the job, you know, because it's a, it's an extra duties, it's an extra duties job. She had no clue what she was getting into. She barely even remembered the last census. At first we were feeling like kind of scared, you know, 10 years is intimidating because 10 years ago um, I had just graduated. I was graduating high school. Every 10 years, the Census Bureau works with local communities to tally up all the residents of the United States. On Cheyenne's reservation, home to just over 6,000 in the last census, she would be their woman. I was like, okay, um, somehow we have to figure out how to count every person on our reservation. All right. And then I was like, wait a minute. Our reservation is huge. Uh, Like, then I began to figure out, like, how difficult it would be. The census actually has a term for it. Reservations are hard to count populations. We're in the country already, but then you have people who live in the country of the country. Fort Berthold, which is bigger than Rhode Island and a couple hours' drive from Minot, which, let's be honest, you've probably never heard of, is pretty damn country. 
There's just areas that are dirt roads or houses that don't have 911 addresses um, assigned. The streets might be marked, but then the street might be called one thing to us, and then the city might have the street called something else. You know what I mean? So they call it the hard to count within the hard to count. You see, the census has never accurately counted every Indian in the United States. They always undercount. There was the 2010 census when the Bureau missed one in every 20 Indians on reservations. Not quite as bad as the 1990 census, which missed more than one in 10 on Indian land. The Constitution explicitly says the census should exclude, quote, Indians not taxed. And the government didn't even bother to officially count us until 1850. And if there's one demographic through line in Native American history, that's it. We do not get counted. And when we don't get counted, we don't get government funding for things we need, like education, health care, housing, food stamps, even roads. A recent estimate found each uncounted Indian cost their tribe about $3,000 a year. On Fort Berthold, that's money for stuff like the Tribal 477 program. So that's a program that helps individuals with their daycare bills. And if they, if they can't pay daycare, then they can't work. You know, it just creates a snowball effect of other issues that can happen for, for some families on the reservation. Um, our... Uh-oh, sorry. Should I pause my thing? Oh, okay. You have to go see Daddy, okay? That's Cheyenne's boy, Holy Rope. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. This is my life, guys. Welcome to my life. Just kidding. Um. Back in the conference room, the tribal counselors knew they had to get an accurate and complete count. One of them stood up. I motioned to double their budget, and I was like, oh, my God. And I, I don't even know what I was like trying, like, you know, when you're trying to be like, like you're trying to stay professional and you're not, you don't want to be like, oh my God. But inside I was like, oh my God. Then like immediately, like within a couple seconds, another council rep seconds it. The council votes unanimously. $100,000 to Cheyenne and the census. And then I got up and just out of respect, go and shake all of the council members' hands. You know, they're all like, you're going to do a great job. Thank you. Good job. And you're just like, thanks. But I'm scared. But thank you. I'm going to try. You know, like, dang. Like, oh, my God, I have to do a good job now. But of course Cheyenne gets this assignment. I mean, she was Miss Indian World. And you were the basically the biggest powwow princess that there ever <laughs> that you can possibly be, right? Yeah, I was. Eh? You probably don't recognize me. No, I'm just kidding. I never told her this, but I actually did know who Cheyenne was before doing this story. Being Miss Indian World, it's a big deal in Indian country. With 2,675 points. Representing the second Fox from Newtown, North Dakota, Cheyenne Brady! This Indian World 2015! Yeah, that's me. That's when I got crowned. 
Oh my god, I haven't watched this in a long time. That's a clip from the 2015 Gathering of Nations. Can you explain the Gathering of Nations to people? Pretend I'm someone who's never heard of the Gathering of Nations. But you're not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the Gathering is... Oh, you might have to help me. The Gathering of Nations is like the Super Bowl of powwows. It's held every April in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I used to go, actually, back when I traveled and danced on the powwow circuit. And each year, they host a pageant at the gathering. Kind of like the contest to become a rodeo queen, but for Indian skills, like knowing traditional dances and speaking your language. At the end, they crown Miss Indian World. She even gets her own beaded sash and tiara. Everybody wave at her, wave at her. Oh, she's beautiful. Cheyenne Brady, our new Miss Indian World. The next day, my arm was so sore. But by the end of my year, it was nothing. I had one strong shoulder. Census Day, the day that determines who is counted and where they're counted, is April 1st, 2020. And the counting is supposed to stop in July. It is now January 2020. Cheyenne has seven months. I can't fail, first of all. Let me put that out there. Um, but if something were to lag, then I'm, I'm hurting our federal programs that are in operation here, and I'm hurting all of the people who rely on those federal programs. We'd just be hurting our entire community. Like, I can't, uh, we can't fail. And she's got backup. I've worked with beauty queens before. And I must, I might say, I might add, I was Junior Miss Standing Rock at one time, so. Former Junior Miss Standing Rock, Dr. Cheryl Ann Carey. Do powwow princesses make the best census workers? <laughs> yes, I have to say, we, we don't have crown envy. We just, we just work together as princesses now. <laughs> Cheryl runs a nonprofit out of a small office in Mandan, a town just outside the state capital of Bismarck. She's a member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. BYOT, bring your own tiara. <laughs> Dr. Cheryl Carey works for the Census Bureau as a tribal partnerships specialist. So she's kind of the middleman that gets us our information on where the census is at. So describe Cheyenne for me. She's a firecracker. <laughs> she reminds me of me when I was that age, you know, just like she's just all over and she's just willing to do anything and just jumping in. And yeah, I like her. I like her a lot. <laughs> Cheryl gets how important the census is. Her office doubles as a social service hub for the area's native population. So when a friend sent her a job opening at the Census Bureau in early 2019, she applied. It's one of those systems that um, we have to pay attention to. Because it's not sexy, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's kind of boring stuff. It has to do with data and it has to do with numbers and things like that. After she got the gig, the Bureau flew her down to Texas in a Lone Star state-sized brick building in Dallas. 
census workers were learning the ropes and getting their marching orders. One day, one direction from management, the next day, another from the president. So we got to see kind of the whole operation get up and running, which was kind of cool, you know, seeing all the chaos and the the anthill being built, you know. Amidst the pandemonium of bureaucracy, Cheryl got a crash course in counting Indians. The census has never trusted tribes to just count themselves. Until 1890, the census didn't even count Indians on reservations. Until about 1930, Indian agents would estimate reservation populations. And it wasn't until 1970 that people were allowed to self-report their tribal affiliations. Prior to that, the Census Bureau would go to the door and assign a race. It wasn't until the um, 80s that they really even started having Native tribal voices at the table. So in 2020, the census is still just learning how to, how to count Native people and tribes. I think so, yeah. So what's Cheyenne's strategy? To beat the odds, to beat history, and to get the count right? Basically, to me, the census is a huge marketing campaign. Can you uh, elaborate on what you mean by that? It takes an individual to see something five times before it actually resonates with them. To get people to stand up and count themselves, Cheyenne needs to get the word out. We're going to have billboards. They're going to pass that billboard at least five times this month. So hopefully by that fifth time, they will look up census.gov. She kicks off her campaign with a mass mailing. Just some postcards. Most people, and I understand this, will look at it and be like, oh, the census, okay, and they're going to toss it. But that's one time that they're going to see the census and know that, okay, census.gov, I got to fill out my census. Hi, everyone. This is Cheyenne Brady. I work for Councilman Next up, radio and billboards. We've touched on the ways to respond. You can go online, you can mail it in, or you can call in. I think Our billboards are ordered, which is amazing. So people will be seeing census left and right, hopefully. They feature local celebrities, like everyone's favorite kid grass dancer, Peyton White Buffalo. Generic stuff doesn't always catch people's eye, but if you know the little boy that's on the billboard, that might catch your eye, and you might actually read what the billboard is saying. But by March... When the first round of census packets hits mailboxes, well, you know what happens. There's not a lot of people you can reach out to with some expertise on how to go about doing this during a pandemic. Many of the things that make Indians hard to count, poverty, overcrowding, lack of infrastructure, failing government programs, also make us vulnerable to the virus. As soon as we started hitting a stride in communities, it's like COVID came up and then we haven't gotten to go back into the communities. Cheyenne takes in-person events off the table until it's safe and doubles down on marketing. We did some videos of different stakeholders throughout the reservation. Cowboys, dancers, the full spectrum. What matters to you? Schools, transportation, hospitals, 
veterans. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau helps inform planning efforts. Cheyenne posts the videos online. They're a combination of census talking points and off-the-cuff interviews about why it matters to be counted. Make sure to include relatives who are staying with you temporarily, like Uncle Joe on the couch, who just never left yet. Be seen, be heard, and make a difference in the 2020 census. But there's one person Cheyenne absolutely has to hear from. I mean, you can't do anything big on the res without this guy's voice behind it. Everybody knows who he is, you know? He's just like everybody's uncle or everybody's grandpa. He's everybody's friend. Everybody else, we kind of had scripts for them. Like, okay, the, you're going to talk about the importance of counting kids. You're going to talk about this. You're going to talk. But him, we were like, you know what? You're really great. You just talk about whatever you want to talk about. His message was like, I know that we are trained to not trust the government. Uh, not to trust the government, but this one you can. Please come on in, trust me on this one. The government ain't gonna come and get you on this. It sounds crazy, but all your information is protected and it's mostly just for statistics. They're not going to come after you as far as law enforcement. They're not gonna knock on your door and say, this is the word, we know where you live. They don't do those kinds of things. The guys in the green little cars from the border can't come and get you. The welfare people can't come and get you. Friends and relatives. Again. Yeah, that was something that I was like, whoa, there might be a generation of people out there, like, you know, our older ones who might not want to get counted because they have, you know, they don't trust the government still. Um, we're in the Four Bears Park. This is a place where I grew up when I was a kid and there was no noise here. Yeah, it's, it's changed. Charlie Moran drives around the reservation with a sound system in the back of his pickup. He's the MC at all the powwows and rodeos, a teacher of the Hidatsa language, and the keeper of many tales. His family's plot is a narrow spit of reservation land in the middle of North Dakota that's surrounded by water. When I, was, when I was being brought up as a little small child, the water was still not this high yet. Do you have any memories of the water rising over time? I remember seeing uh, a lot of uh, land that's covered today. Yeah, I guess to me it wasn't, I didn't know nothing. I was a little boy, you know, a little boy. I didn't know where this water came from, you know. It wasn't like overnight where, you know, it just came and it was here. It, it gradually came up. We have a bridge here. If you look online, if you look at our map, there's there's um, Lake Sakakawea. Lake Sakakawea isn't really a lake. It's a reservoir. In 1947, the U.S. government started building a dam on the Missouri River, flooding the fertile bottomlands where Lewis and Clark met Sacagawea. They flooded out a town called Elba Woods. Um, the government flooded out that town. The town of Elba Woods, its hospital, high school, main square, general store, courthouse, jail, is submerged the bottom of the lake. It flooded like 
like a quarter of the reservation, and it relocated 80% of the population. That's kind of why our town is called Newtown, because it was just a new town created up on higher, higher ground. The three tribes who call Fort Berthold home, the Mandan, the Hidatsa, and the Arikara, lost some of the most fertile farmland in North America. The Army Corps of Engineers literally took reservation houses off their foundations and moved them to higher ground, sometimes with people still inside. Entire families ended up sleeping in cars and barn sheds. Kids died of hunger and exposure. The cemeteries filled up with little graves in the years after the flood. It seemed like every 10 minutes we were going to a funeral, recalled one resident years later. Taking of lands to water, to damming. I think that was probably one of the last biggest pushes to, to split our people up. And it's, it's pretty bitter, you know, because it's not like five, six hundred years ago, it's real recent. A hundred years ago is still pretty recent. I hope that doesn't ever come again, where we're forced to play a hand that we can't win, you know. There's a photo of the Interior Secretary signing an order to build the dam in Washington, D.C. in 1948. A bunch of other white guys in suits are standing around him as his shiny pen presses down on the paper. To his left, George Gillette, the chairman of the three tribes, has cast his gaze aside and removed his glasses to wipe the tears welling from his eyes. Gillette is Cheyenne's great-grandfather. There's definitely um, a history of mistrust there, so we, I could see and understand why there may be people who would not even care to get counted. Would um, any amount of marketing, postcards, billboards overcome the flood and the history of the federal government's mistreatment of your people? No. There's traumas that our people carry that you can't undo with good publicity or with uh, stuff like that. Do you feel like you're fighting against that history? I feel like I am. I am that history. We, we are all that history. Uh, we carry it with us. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just who we are. After the break... Cheyenne takes the census out on the road. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Snap Judgment. You're listening to the census powwow episode. When last we left, Cheyenne Brady, she was struggling to count every person on her reservation in the middle of a pandemic. But all that's about to change. Writer Julian Brave Noisecat has a story. Hey guys, it is June 25th, 2020. We're coming into Twin Buttes. It's myself, Shan Brady, uh, Mr. Charlie Moran. Hi. 
By June, as the first wave of the pandemic ebbs, things are looking safe enough that Cheyenne can host a few census events out in the community. Dr. Carey, do you have anything to say? Just so proud of you guys. I'm kind of like a mother hen. I'm just sitting here smiling, watching you guys, you know. Cheryl walks Cheyenne through the process, which, like everything else during the pandemic summer, has to be done carefully. The event is going to be a stay-in-your-car event due to the COVID pandemic. You're going to drive up to one of the four or five stations that have computers. You'll complete your census there with one of our trained workers. I'm hoping it takes 10 minutes max. Did you complete your census yet? I have no idea. All right, well, we'll help you complete it right now. Soon, Cheyenne is zipping across Lake Sakakawea on the narrow bridge that connects Newtown to the Four Bears Casino, a big cross on the west bank and a medicine wheel on the east. Elbow Woods submerged below. Identify as American Indian? Yes. Uh, what tribe? Turtle Mountain Tribe. Turtle Mountain Chippewa. It is nice and hot outside. Almost have a face mask tan. She and her team set up in parking lots. They give out free food and gift cards to help convince residents to come get counted. Thank you for completing your census. Thank you if you know anyone, send them over. I will. With each event, more and more people show up. We had over 50 households come in and complete their census. Okay, you're good. We did a total of 64 questionnaires. I would say we did a, over 100 for sure. It's been nonstop, so I'm pretty proud. I think that We'll definitely raise the response rate a little bit today anyways. And that was the goal. Cheyenne keeps track of her progress at census.gov, where the Bureau publishes the estimated percentage of Fort Berthold households that fill out their census. Early on, she set some lofty targets. A success for me would be at least a 90% response rate, and a failure would probably be a 30 to 40% response rate. So my first date that I ever wrote down was March 23rd, 2020. And on that day, the response rate for Fort Berthold was 0.5%. So we were less than 1%. As of yesterday, our response rate was 10.3%. So about 10 out of every 100 people on the reservation have done their census. That's a lot lower than the rest of the state, where, to put it simply, they've got it a lot easier than in Fort Berthold. All of the towns around us, or most of them, have received their census packets on their doors. Um, Fort Berthold hasn't received those yet. The state of North Dakota's response rate right now um, is almost 60%. I guess, yeah, kind of frustrating. Um, But I think sometimes you just get used to the way things are. But I'm also, I know that my, my overall being is just optimistic, like overly optimistic sometimes, and so... Maybe that's why I don't get, that's why I don't dive too too deep into those feelings, maybe. Maybe they are still doing the towns, you know, this is optimistic me. Like, maybe the towns around us aren't all done yet, <laughs> but they probably are. <laughs> I 
Cheyenne Keeps Hustling, hosting events across the reservation. At the North Segment Car Wash in Newtown, at the Red Hall Gymnasium in Partial, at the One Stop Gas Station in Mandaree, at the Cultural Center in White Shield. But... Dang it! I don't want to tell you guys what our response rate is right now. <laughs> Just kidding. It's 10.9. It's almost 11. So it hasn't gone up that much. She does add at least one more household to the pile. I am feeling my senses out now. And maybe it's just me, but it feels really good to like, to be typing my kids' names. I have two little boys, so like it just feels really good. It feels really good to know that my boys are counted and that they matter and that, you know, these two little beings are a part of the bigger picture. The number starts to creep up. The response rate is slowly rising. I looked at it today and it's 18%. Today is July 16th, 2020, and the current response rate for MHA Nation is 19.2%. Today is July 23rd, and the response rate is still reading at 19.7. I looked up the census rates just now. We broke 20%, so that's exciting. It'd be really awesome if we could get to 25% pretty soon here. By late summer, with some tribes' response rates as low as 1%, Cheyenne is leading one of the most effective counts in Indian country. But she's not competing with the pack. No, she has her eyes set on a cross-state rival. My goal is to catch Standing Rock. <laughs> yep. They just went up again, but you guys did too. So. And Standing Rock, which boasts a response rate of 28% in late July, is in the lead. Dang. Dang. They got to, okay. We got some ground to make up. I feel like I'm only competitive with Standing Rock because that's where Cheryl's from. Like, that's the only reason why. Do you think Standing Rock is going to win this friendly competition? I don't know. I'm a little biased, you know. (laughs) With the race on, the count approaches its final phase, the non-response follow-up. This is the part where canvassers, called enumerators, sent in by the federal government, go door to door to count people by hand. But July comes and goes without a single one setting foot on Fort Berthold. Then August. The response rate plateaus at about 20%. Coronavirus returns with a vengeance. Are you guys having cases on on the res? Yeah, we did a mass testing on Monday. Tuesday, a lot of people started getting positives. It kind of created like a like a little bit of chaos. Cheyenne, being Cheyenne, gets roped into the tribe's coronavirus response and helps set up a facility for patients to quarantine. <sighs> I'm tired. I haven't worked out in like two weeks. Meanwhile, the Census Bureau having missed its goal to finish the count by August, pushes the deadline back to Halloween. I just told a coworker the other day, that's like, you know that point in your relationship with a, the person of the opposite sex where you're like, okay, what was my attraction again to this guy? As the end nears, Cheryl grows more and more frustrated with the Bureau. You know, I, I just got this little tiny package of promo stuff. <laughs> that's like 40 notepads and and 
you know, 50 pins, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this shit at this point in the game? You know, hey, we're, we're down to the wire. Is this really helping me right now? At the end of July, the Trump administration moves up the census deadline again from Halloween to September 30th. Cheyenne loses a month. We all got blindsided, basically. Cheryl learns that her position with the Census Bureau will be eliminated. Well, it came out on the, in the media first before we heard it internally. Then we got a email that was basically, you, you may have seen in the media, this is what's happening. You'll probably be ended in September, if not earlier. And so now our just, the thing is, put the pedal to the metal and try to get it done before the 30th date. By September, according to the census website, most Indians remain uncounted. And as far as Cheyenne knows, enumerators haven't even shown up on Fort Berthold. How does the story end? Well, I'm a happy endings girl, so I'd like it to have a happy ending, but I'm also a realist, so I don't think it will. (laughs) I'd like to say the story ends with... um, all of the tribes making a really big surge at the end and getting uh, awesome self-response rates, I don't think that's going to happen. Cheyenne keeps checking her response rate. Still 20%. About 10% lower than Standing Rock. And so when I was talking to Dr. Carey, I was like, so what does that mean for... Like what if like right now we're at twenty percent. So if it if we were at twenty percent on September thirtieth, like what does that mean? And she's like, that just means that we're undercounted. There's no redo. So, so that that's scary. Even Miss Indeed World starts to crack. I'm like kind of I'm not angry, but I'm kind of annoyed by like I'm not annoyed. I'm just like I wish that we could like sit down and talk with the Census Bureau, like what's going on? Like, how can we figure this out? Like being able to have that dialogue would be really cool. How do you like stay so like positive and like, I don't know, you just like have such a go-getter attitude amidst all this. I mean, like I would be worn down and like probably grumpy and (laughs) Um, I don't know. How do you do it? This is just how creator made me. Um, I do get frustrated from times where I get tired, but um, I don't know how I do it. With things looking desperate, Cheyenne turns to what she knows best. Maybe, maybe if I can get people's buy-in, then I think it would be really cool to have like a um, some type of powwow. Obviously not the traditional powwow. Okay, a census powwow might sound a bit out of the box, but it actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. It would bring a lot of people on the reservation together, and it would be enough of a local happening that anyone who didn't make it would at least hear about it and be reminded to fill out their census. Plus, powwows are pretty much a way of life for Cheyenne and her family. I mean, This time of year, they'd usually be on the road headed to one. Parents will literally take off Friday, leave Thursday after work, drive all night, find wherever wherever the powwow is, show up there on Friday, 
powwow Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and leave Sunday night so that they can get back to work on Monday. With census.gov showing just one in five Indians counted on Fort Berthold, no enumerators in sight, and a powwow on the calendar, I fly to North Dakota. Hail Mary, buzzer beater, walk off, census powwow. Can Cheyenne pull all this off? Find out when Stamp Judgment returns. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Stamp Judgment, the census powwow episode. When last we left, Cheyenne Brady, she was struggling to count every person on her reservation in the middle of a pandemic. But all that's about to change, writer Julian Brave Noisecat has a story. Snap judgment. Oh my God, I'm excited because we're about to have a powwow. Um, and I'm nervous, we only have three hours, but um, Julian's gonna help us. Um, On the reservation, Cheyenne brings me to the Antelope Society powwow grounds. Um, right now we're sitting in our announcer stand. Looking out is our powwow grounds. It's kind of like a bowl. Is it a bowl? What is this called? Like an amphitheater? Like a baby amphitheater, I guess. Um, beyond the powwow grounds, you can see Lake Sakakawea. It's a really pretty sight. The powwow grounds, like most I've danced in over the years, are arranged in a circle. Shaded seating and a roofed announcer stand ringing a grass dance floor. I'm pretty sure this has never happened before. I'm like 99.9% confident that there has never been a powwow centered around the census or centered around people completing the census. Cheyenne needs the census powwow to be a smashing success. The Census Bureau's efforts on Fort Berthold have seemingly gone AWOL. There are people that are just now getting their census packets. Like, you're dropping off census packets the beginning of September. You're closing the census September 30th. People around the country got their census packets back in January. Like, we approved enumerators to come on, but they've never been like, okay, enumerators are... The Bureau hasn't communicated much about what to expect to Cheyenne. We don't know that information. So, like, when I get people texting me saying, is this a real census worker at my door? I have no idea. Like, I really don't know. So... Do you feel, like, defeated, exasperated, frustrated? Um, I don't... I would in your circumstance. I don't feel defeated. I feel a little exhausted, if I'm being honest. Um, Is this sort of the end of your census journey? Ah, I think it is. I mean, I don't think... Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I think it is. It's like the last hurrah, that's for sure. But for the census powwow to work... People have to actually show up. That might be 20 of us. That might be a couple hundred of us. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like tonight. Do you mind if I record you guys putting the stuff in the... Uh-uh. No It's going to be the harmony and beef. A couple of hours before the powwow is supposed to start, 
the grounds are deserted, save for a Native American church group making a big cauldron of stew. The meat's done, so basically just getting the flavors into the meat and the corn. Cheyenne's uncle is one of the men preparing the meal. To be honest, I've never filled out a census in my whole life. And I'm like 60 years old, but I've never seen it to be, you know, where it was going to help me. Coronavirus deaths are on the rise in the community. One elderly couple, a grandmother and grandfather, passed within weeks of each other. So I think it might have something to do with the outcome today. People being afraid to come out and be around people. And uh, which of the three affiliated tribes are you? I'm Hirata. On the far side of the arbor, I meet a local vendor setting up her booth for the evening. I am selling uh, headbands, beadwork, badge holders, pop sockets, earrings. This must be your first powwow all year, huh? Yes, that's what I was telling her. I said, if I would have been powwowing all, all season long, this would have been all been done by now. Like <laughs> you all rusty? Yeah, really rusty. And um, have you completed your census? No. I guess I just never really did it. I, I don't know. I just, I see it. I've gotten letters. I see it in my emails and stuff, but I just, you know, I just never really counted myself. I don't, think, I don't know if I've ever counted myself. I don't remember. Are you going to do it this year? Um, I don't know. That's what I heard on, on uh, the news. Trump already wanted it closed. So I don't know if I could even do it now. So far, for most census powwow attendees, the census is barely even an afterthought. But parked next to the beadwork vendor, I meet a dude who damn near has a doctorate in counting Indians. And don't be afraid, it's all confidential. No one from housing, no one from immigration, no one from the federal government can have anything to do with your answers. And if they do, you call me and I'll report them to the federal authorities because I'm in good standing with the Denver office. Jeff Baker is a citizen of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa. He was the tribal census specialist for North and South Dakota in 2010. Basically, 10 years ago, he was Cheryl. Nowadays, he's the owner of Rez Famous Lemonade, which operates out of the back of a yellow school bus. Rez City Express, emblazoned on its side. You know, uh, we'll do powwows, weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals. Irish funerals are a blast, you know. You know, they'll put on a party if you want for an Irish funeral. We'll do those too, so. What uh, flavor should I try today? Well, it depends on your flavor uh, palette, you know. By far the most popular and just blows everything away is the blue raspberry. It's just a, a crowd favorite, everybody likes it. And that's blue resberry. Yeah, uh, quotation marks res, R-E-Z, berry. I think I'll get the blue raspberry in the uh, 24 ounce. All right, we'll hook you up, boss. 
Okay, see you. Um, Greenwich is gonna be at five, and we're gonna start on time. Okay. Okay. Hopefully. Yes, we are. We're gonna put that into the universe. Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, two. One, two. Good. All right. Charlie pulls up with the sound system in tow. Please, again, wear your masks uh, throughout the evening. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the company. The air fills with the buzz of powwow expectation. Dancers braiding hair and fixing bells atop moccasins. Drum groups testing the timber of their hide. Spectators laughing. Everyone is excited. Are you excited? Oh. You're not excited? Except Charlie. Remember we talked about healing and expressing our feelings but yesterday? Like I'm not excited to be here. It's not like... Singers set their drums on the edge of the circle. Dancers wearing surgical masks over traditional regalia mill about. Cheyenne stops for a quick interview on Facebook Live. But I do have someone here, Miss Cheyenne Brady, former Miss Indian World. She will be explaining more about what Take the Take it away. Is Anytime you're ready, Shiloh, we're going to invite all our dancers. Come into the arena. Enjoy your As the sun sets and temperature drops, Charlie says the word. All of the dancers dance into the arena in a socially distanced, clockwise procession. After grand entry, intertribal social dances. Then, contest time. Men's traditional dancers with feather bustles on their backs move like warriors stalking enemy and prey. Women's traditional dancers, some wearing fully beaded capes, bounce to the rhythm, stately as queens. Jingle dress dancers glide around the circle. The tin cones on their dresses syncopated with the drum. Grass dancers hop and slide across the circle like reservation b-boys. Men's fancy dancers bounce and twirl. Women's fancy dancers, their shawls draped over their shoulders, float on their toes like ballerinas. For a moment, it's like there is no pandemic. The census powwow, Cheyenne's plan, it rocks. Are you guys enjoying this? Are you guys having a good time tonight? Yeah. Let me hear your horns, you guys. Let, let the people uh, around the world let you hear your horns. Yeah. The grounds are full of Indians. Oh my god, this is beautiful, though. Is that you? 
Again, if you haven't done your census or completed your census yet, come on over this way. Uh, we have somebody here Throughout the evening, Cheyenne registers people at census.gov. Oh, yeah, no. Did you do your census yet? No. No? Okay. Um, Tavares can help you complete it really Sometimes, quick. while bouncing her 17-month-old Taven on her knee. What's happened? What happened? <gasps> Look, they're dancing. All of the dancers have to fill out their census before they can compete. And many spectators complete their censuses as well. The numbers climb. Then, late in the evening... Cheyenne is looking for street clothes contestants. Street clothes contestants. Charlie announces a special competition for spectators in street clothes. Yes! Street contest! Get out here! It's been four years since I competed at a powwow. So I decide to get out there and give it my all. Here we go. Dancing low and fierce. Feet, head, shoulders, cheeks, rocking to the song. They say men's traditional dancers tell stories with their movements. But I think my dance, like this whole powwow, it's more of a statement. Whether or not we Indians get counted, we count. I stop with the song, sweating and sucking air. The judges start picking winners. Their verdict on me? First place. How do you feel? Now I get to interview you for a <laughs> I feel good. That was the first time I've danced in. Um, All right. So it's really cool because you got to take part, too. I know. It was awesome. I haven't powered in a long time. The next morning, as we all recover from our first and only powwow hangover of 2020, I catch up with Cheyenne. I'm still tired from the pow yesterday. Um, the pow went really good. I am really satisfied and really thankful with how everything turned out. The powwow? A success. But the census? Well, I've got some hard questions. I would say we got at least, at minimum, another 30 at the powwow. So for if you got, like, say, you said 30 signups, right? At least, at minimum. So let's say it was 50 signups. Do you think 50 signups was worth it for a $15,000 budget? The powwow was wonderful in many ways. It's just that driving up the response rate didn't appear to be one of them. Um, So back in March, you said you wouldn't accept anything less than an 80 or 90% response rate. Dang, did I say that? Can I take that back now? You're at a small fraction of that. Um, I'm not like a quarter of that or a third. Well, do you think that you have failed or the tribe has failed? Mm, No, I don't think the tribe has failed at all. I don't think that I have failed. I definitely wish our numbers were higher, that's for sure. After the powwow, Cheyenne had been checking the census's website, and the response rate hadn't moved. By now, 
she had started to believe that she had a more accurate count than census.gov. I would think that we're at least 30%. At least 30%. And right now it's showing we're like 22, 23%. But I just don't think that's accurate. She'd been hearing strange things from family and friends about the enumerators on Fort Berthold. They did their census at one of our outreach events, but the enumerators came to their homes and told them that the Census Bureau had no information on them. And then they're also being really heavy-handed with people who are um, adamantly saying, like, no, I completed it. I went to that website already. Um, It sounds like the enumerators are just like, well, my boss is saying I have to do this. And one even told them people could go to jail if you don't do this. And so I'm wondering how many people that's happening to. With Cheyenne and hundreds of others like her across the country confused and in disarray, the Trump administration keeps trying to push up the deadline. Congress and the courts push back, but for most reservations, it's too little, too late. The Indians would go uncounted, as we always have. Hi guys, so it is October 5th and I have some really cool news. I just got off of a call with another tribal specialist. Our actual count right now is 91.96%, which is amazing. That means we only have just over 8% left of our population to be counted. (sighs) I feel like... um, Now I feel like that almost sense of relief, like, okay, we did do a decent job. Like we did, like our community does know that the census is happening. And so, yeah, there's my update today. Um, My voice is probably a little bit more exciting because I was... So how did you, how did you learn about the response rate? And it's enormously different than what was on the census website. Oh my God, yeah, way different, which is exciting and I'm super pumped up about it. Another census worker had reached out to Cheyenne. So first she told me what the self-response rate was, which was like 23 something still. And I was like, I do, I really don't think that's reflective of what it actually is. And then she was like, well, the census worker then pulled up a report, one that wasn't on census.gov or made available to Cheyenne. The report showed that the enumerators had almost finished counting all the remaining households on Fort Berthold. And then I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. They'd done it by knocking on doors by talking to neighbors and landlords and by other means, like estimating how many people lived in each home based on the car out front. The enumerators brought the count right up to the finish line, but they wouldn't have been able to do it without all the groundwork Cheyenne had laid. And she had been left out of the loop all this time. All she could see was the self-response rate on the census's website. But that didn't seem to reflect the work she'd been doing. All those events, all that marketing, all that self-counting. Still, in the moment, she was relieved. 
It's crazy to think that we're almost all counted. Um, super confident that at some point this month we'll get to 100%. Yeah, that's crazy. I think I owe you an apology for... Those harsh <laughs> questions last time. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how does it how does it feel to... I mean, you, you went on this crazy quest to count everyone on the Mandan Hidatsa Rikura Nation and you thought that you were 70% plus behind and right? then it turns out that you you did it. So weird. Either way, we're still losing to Standing Rock. They're at like 99.78. But we were very close oh, second. I should have asked about that. <laughs> On October 13th, with less than three weeks left before the deadline, the Supreme Court ruled that the Trump administration could stop the count two days later. By then, according to the Bureau's calculation, Fort Berthold was 99.95% counted. Who has more expected count? The Mandan Hadatsa Rikra Nation Ooh. or the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe? Ooh. Okay. Also, let's note that this is probably, we don't know if this is accurate, but Standing Rock 99.91, Fort Berthold 99.95. That's funny. So you might not have gotten 100%, but you might have beat Standing Rock, actually. Possibly, but we don't know. Just kidding. So given that the count is over and was ended early by the Supreme Court and the Trump administration, does that mean that you are going to be, you're done at 99.95%? Like, is there no way to get 100%? That is a great question because I have no idea. Let me go see if you can still self-respond. I wonder if they took the website down. Ooh, yep. The the website is down. Like, if I were to go ask, like, say my grandma hadn't completed it, and I was like, here, log on to here really fast, um, they can't. So the, the my2020census.gov website um, is down now. I, well, let's just say that I already knew that. Can, can I admit admit something? You didn't do your census? I, uh... I left it to the last minute, and so I had to mail in my census. Ooh. So, so did I you have actually, your packet this whole time? I knew better than anyone how important it was to get counted, to stand up and say, I count. But when it was time, like so many Indians across the country, I didn't. I can't fully say why. There are so many other ways to be seen with family, in community, on the dance floor, that just feel so much more important. So I put it off. And then, they moved the deadline. What if it won't count? Hopefully, that's like so... I mean, I, I am quite embarrassed. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I here I was like, not only reporting this story, but also like asking you some really hard questions about like, yeah, you are, these, are people going to fill out the, the census? And it, it turned out I was one of the people not 
filling out their census. You were being the hard to count, hard to count population <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> The 2020 census is widely considered to have been the most challenging census in modern history. The Bureau might not know how big the undercount is in Indian country until 2022. Until then, we won't know just how many Indians stood up this time around, like Cheyenne, and how many may have vanished beneath the system, like me. Big thank you to everyone on the Fort Berthold Reservation, especially to Cheyenne Brady and her family, to Novi Runs Above, Holy Robe and Taven, Poncho, Tuki, Uncle Thomas, and Grandma Florence. Thank you to Charlie Moran, to Holly Littlewin, to Tabaris Fimbres, Gabrielle Wilkinson, Braden Taft, to our friends at KMHA Radio, and Morissette, Will McGuire, and Ricky Rain, and to Shelly Kruger for the rapid COVID test into the whole Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nation. Thank you. Sincerest thanks as well to Dr. Cheryl Ann Carey, to Cheryl Keepsigle, Jeff Baker, Logan Davis, and Barb Angiano, to Vera Cohn, Bayer Duncan, David Rodriguez, and Licia Ortega Maddox. The original score for this story is by Chef Lee and Pat Masidi Miller. The story is produced by Julian Brave Noisecat and John Facile was written by Julian Brave Noisecat. Look for his book, We Survive the Night, coming soon. Was I wrong? Was I wrong? If you missed even a moment, subscribe to the amazing Snap Judgment podcast. More journeys, more explorations. Oh, wait, don't miss an adventure. Snap Judgment podcast. Snap gear for you and your loved ones. It's all right there at snapjudgment.org. Snap is brought to you by the team that knows sometimes you have to swing and miss. Or if you're the producer, Mark Ristich, you have to swing and break someone's windshield. There's John Facile, Nancy Lopez, Pat Masini Miller, Anna Sussman, Renzo Gorio, Shayna Sheely, Tao Ducat, Flo Wiley, Davey Kim, Bo Walsh, Marissa Dodge, and Regina Bediaco. Well, this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, Cheyenne Brady, you can win Best Essay and Best Dancer two times to take home the Miss Indian World 2015 crown. We'll have pictures at snapjudgment.org. And you would still, in spite of all that, you would not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is PRX. PRX.